thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. You're tuned to the guard frequency, and as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 193, recorded on Friday, December 8th, and made available for download Tuesday, December 12th, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Henry. And I'm Jeff. And in the audio booth this week is, of course, Henry, who is also doubling as our stand-in host. Remember, folks, while it may seem like we just talk to ourselves, this show is not a one-way conversation. Why not leave a comment on this show's post over at GuardFrequency.com? You can also hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak, or leave us a comment and like us on Facebook, that's Facebook.com slash GuardFreak. Or give us a piece of your mind over at Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also use the contact form on our website, and all the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us are found in the show notes. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so take a minute, tell us what's on your mind. And if you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. Hey, you know, if you're not doing anything Friday nights, you should uh, come on by. Join us at 10 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space in podcast ever? Please consider supporting our show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us with their subscriptions, and we'll hope you'll consider joining them, because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Many of you are aware of the changes to the uh, Patreon fee structure. We know we were already working on ways to reorganize how we reward our supporters, and we'll be changing our backer levels as well to respond to these new fees that Patreon is forcing on everyone. Our overall goal is to make sure you know how much you're donating each month. Check back with us for updates as we uh, respond to this brand new donation world. And don't forget about our sister productions. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And our latest endeavor, Heroes Rise, brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wavern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get on with the show. What do we have in store this week, Jeff? Well, this week we bring you all the latest news from the world of space sims from the flight deck. Then we'll head into the deep black with Galactic Public Radio. This week, Commander Kinetic Impulsor teaches you rooks a thing or two about power management in Nuggets for Nuggets. Then we'll continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, as our pilots get ready for their first mission together. And finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Lace up your booties, campers, and let's head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, trigger screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of Space Sims. Dual Universe has some new alpha footage on their YouTube channel showing off their latest iteration of gameplay. Infinity Battlescape has an update on their site regarding their weapon system designs. 
By the time you hear this, Frontier Developments will be wrapping up their annual charity live stream supporting Special Effect, a charity that helps disabled gamers enjoy their favorite electronic recreations by adapting control interfaces to conform to individual capabilities. Their goal this year was 25,000 pounds, or 91.65 cubits in the metric system. Good luck and or nice work, Frontier. They're also selling festive holiday lights for your cockpit interior over at the Frontier store, and big changes to the engineering system are on the way in 2018. A special Squadron 42 holiday event is happening on Thursday, the 21st of December at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time as part of the Holiday ATV Special. And Star Citizen 3.0 is reportedly feature-locked, so perhaps a push to the live server will be here soon. All right, well, this week, guys, I figured we'd talk about engineers because uh, engineers in Elite Dangerous was uh, a hot topic when it first came out about a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, and it has needed some help because it was not maybe the most perfect implementation possible, let's say, of the the system. For those of you not familiar with the engineering system, what it is is you, there's a number of planetary bases around scattered around the bubble, uh, 20 of them. And there is a, at those bases, there is a non-player character which can upgrade particular modules on your ship. But in order to get access to those non-player characters, you have to bring them a certain amount of uh, uh, treasure, uh, some, some commodities, some cargo, uh, or you have to uh, hit certain uh, milestones in the game, like a number of tons of ore mined or number of light years traveled. And once you do those things, you get access to the that engineer's set of upgrades. And every time you uh, upgrade, there was a random chance of what improvements you'd make to that module. A number of uh, improvements could go up, a number of uh, improvements could go down, depending on the, the module that you're going to uh, upgrade. And as you do more upgrades, you have a chance to get better upgrades, but there's still always that random chance that you might actually end up with a worse module than what you started with uh, because of the way the system worked. So that had a lot of uh, controversy attached to it, but until this design document and this uh, push for feedback from Frontier came out, that was the way it was. They made one small change where a certain set of materials that you had to turn in for the engineering recipes um, was really a pain in the butt to haul around, and so they just canceled that entire... Uh, subsection of materials that you would need to get. Uh, but other than that, it's been pretty much the same since since the day one rollout. And uh, so here's they're going to have some changes. Good. Um, it was kind of a horrifying slot machine. You know, you go up there, you get a part that finally is working almost like you want it. You've got increased jump range, lower mass. You're feeling really good about it. You do one more roll and you get a higher jump range, but then your mass is tanked. Things that you earned yeah. by spending the resources you collected, you know, it's it's a possibility that you'll actually get a worse roll, like Tony was saying. So you'll lose what you've already invested in if you take the upgrade. And it's not always clear what an upgrade's going to do for you. You know, it doesn't say right. your That's, jump range is yeah. going to go up to uh, 10 light years, or that'd be crazy. you go up in two light years. Instead, it says your optimal mass changes. And optimal mass means nothing to a guy who doesn't build spaceships for a living. So, yeah. you know, I think that was a little cryptic. I wanted to see some changes with respect to that. But I know, Tony, uh, you want to start talking about what they're doing differently. I don't think they're addressing that. Is that correct? I did not see that. I don't necessarily think that that's bad. And I'll tell you why. Because it makes you learn what all the different pieces of the game 
collects to make an effect, right? Like, it's not enough that I have good shields, right? I've got awesome shields. I've got class 8 shields, and they're really big, and they're really strong, real strong, okay? But, but you need to understand that your shields protect you from thermal effects, explosive effects, and kinetic effects, and they're very effective at uh, protecting you from kinetic and explosive, but they typically suck at thermal, but you can get a particular upgrade that fixes thermal. And, you know, I mean, and, you know when, you, when you learn all the, how, the, how all the pieces work together, I think that that's, that's good, especially if you're going to call it the engineering system. Yeah. So I don't, uh, it is a bit of a pain in the butt when you have to back out of the system and then go over to the engineering outfits to find out what the actual overall effect was. Did my shield hit number go up? Did my light year range go up? I don't know. But if you learn the system, you can kind of eyeball it and go, yeah, I bet my jump range increased with that roll. Or, yeah, uh, I bet my shields went up with that roll. So I think I don't have as much of a complaint about that because it makes you think and learn. I don't, I don't mind that. But, but yeah, I don't, that's not one of the changes I had in mind. But, if Henry, if you feel strongly, you can go to the Frontier website and log in to uh, the forums and go to the focused feedback section. And leave a, a comment, uh, which your request is perfectly reasonable. I think that that would—I mean, a lot of people might really go for that. I just—I just think it kind of preserves a little of the the flavor of having to actually engineer things and understand what the engineering is is doing. I can see that, and I would say you know that would be more something that I would have hoped they'd have fixed with 2.4 with their quality of life improvements they had talked about. Whereas the engineer overhaul is more of a something for beyond the engineer overhaul what they are fixing is uh is impressive i like the idea that you can't get roles that spoil a piece of equipment yeah, that you've been working on uh, yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about what they are changing the first thing they're doing is they're removing all hidden statistical variables from the upgrade process so they're still going to give you a range but you can see that range before you actually hit the go button you know you can see what what might happen to your module that does this so that's that's going to be cool that you'll actually be able to see the range potential outcomes before you hit go, which is something they kind of gave you a clue on before, but it was like maybe something good will happen, eh, maybe something bad. There's a red part of the bar and a blue part of the bar, and the little arrow might end up anywhere in between. So uh, having a little more certainty in that's going to be um, pretty good. They're removing the potential for the crafting process to rem uh, result in an upgrade that is worse than what's currently fitted. So every time you do something, it'll get better, uh, is what they're saying. The question I have about that is, at what point is there going to be a limit reached? And does that mean that eventually every FSD will be engineered to the maximum and then that'll be hit? Or is hitting the maximum going to be very difficult? Do, do we get diminishing returns as we start to continue to roll? Be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be. I think, I mean, when it first came out, um, Elliot, our, you know, uh, sort of chief executive emeritus around here, he had the best analysis of it, I think, when it first came down. And he said that what this engineers was basically their version of increasing the level cap, because this was a system that allowed you to make your ships way better than other people's ships, but without requiring you to do it. You didn't have to participate in it. So it was like giving people the chance if they wanted to to go from level 50 to level 60 in like an, a typical MMO. And they they have to retain some element of that, I'm going to use the G word, grinding, in order for it to still be an effective level cap type thing. So probably your, you know, your first five or six uh, upgrade attempts will have pretty significant improvements attached to it. And then your 7th through your 12th, well, you're going to see some marginal improvement, but not much. And you hit 12 and 20 and 40 and 50, you're probably seeing, like you're saying, 
diminishing returns, very seriously diminished returns on it. But that, that's just my guess at this point, but I, I think that's probably right. You'll also be able to craft pinned blueprints at any starport that has outfitting, which will be super. You don't have to actually travel to the engineer. Now, the, the downside is you won't be able to gain reputation with the engineer, but if you've already maxed out your rep with the engineer, hey, doesn't bother you. And also, you won't have a chance for experimental effects. Uh, but you can you can pin a blueprint from an engineer if you know you're always trying to get better longer range guns. You just always want a long range weapon. You don't care about getting the extra experimental effects on it. You can just pin that and hit it at any dock. That's pretty outstanding. I like that a lot. Experimental effects will no longer have a chance to occur during the upgrade process. Instead, each experimental effect will simply have a materials cost that you can pay to have it fitted in an appropriate module. This means, wow. yeah, this means that there is no way you can lose reputation ranks with an engineer. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, this what they what you do now is that you roll, and there's a percentage chance of getting an, a bonus feature to your to your weapon. But if you don't get that roll, you can uh, sacrifice two engineering levels with that engineer that you have to earn back uh, in order to, to trade off for that experimental. Conceptually, it's like you're asking him for a super duper favor to make something really hard happen. So that pisses the engineer off. And so they like you less. And then and then they like you more later if you keep going and doing upgrades there. But they're taking that all that away and just saying if you give them a certain materials cost, now they'll just add the experimental effects to it. That's going to be huge because now you'll be able to, to kit out your ship exactly how you want it just by paying the, the engineer materials. Which sounds like the way it should be, really. I mean, it's all about customization anyway. And when things are just, like, yeah. thrown at you at random and you never know what you're going to get, it takes so much fun out of the system. I've only ever engineered FSDs and power plants, you know, a couple of little things. I never try to get the god rolls. I never spend a lot of time on it because um, it's been such a hassle. This makes it look like it's going to be more fun, yeah. so that's cool. I, I've engineered it, like, virtually everything. Oh, yeah, you have a god ship. Your ship's ship. insane. My ship is insane, but but the thing is, I never I never really went for the god rolls. I just went for the good enough rolls. I've engineered all the components, right? So like everything is at least good enough from an engineer standpoint. But those experimental effects on your weapons, I would always pay if I if I, there's an experimental effect I wanted, I would always pay that reputation cost, and then just upgrade a bunch more stuff to get that reputation back. That's going to be huge because um, it's it's going to let people think about what they want and then save up enough materials to just go get it. I was making complicated spreadsheets about, okay, I'm going to pay two reputation points and then I have to pay a bunch of materials to earn those grade five opportunities back. What materials can I find at what places so I can earn it back for the lowest cost? I know I don't really want overcharged weapons, but that upgrade path is the simplest one to get my... It was just a pain. It was just an enormous pain in the butt. This, was, this is going to be so much nicer on so many levels. So next thing they're going to do is institute a materials trader at certain starports. That's going to be great because grinding for materials when you're not sure where to find them is kind of a pain. And even with diminishing returns, being able to go to a store and swap out some, uh, I don't know, some uh, uh, shield generators for what you're looking for is going to be huge. Yeah, uh, and even if they make you pay through the nose for it, I mean, it's that's so much better. Yeah, that is so much better than uh, I, I can't tell you how many hours I've wasted just floating around in outbreak systems looking for pharmaceutical isolators or whatever the hell those things are for dirty drives. It's just annoying. 
they're also increasing uh, the capacity to a hundred pieces of or a hundred of each material. So it's per material rather than total a thousand oh, things yay. you carry. So yes, yeah. so it's a hundred individual items, which is going to be so much better. Now I think you get a chance to do the things you want to do in game to get the rewards that it gives you, and then shop them wherever you want to, you know, upgrade yeah. or whatever. You can swap things out and you know shop. Right. With the money that you can earn doing the things you want to do, that's going to be huge. That's going to right, be really right. cool. Right. Well, right. And, and so, and for those of you that maybe haven't done the system before, the cost that you pay is typically one each of three items, right? So that you have to like go find these specialty items. Usually, you have to mine them from an asteroid or from a surface, and sometimes you scoop them from wreckages of either um, enemies that you blow up or just uh, uh, salvage locations in the systems. So hunting these things down used to take a lot of time it does take a lot of time and they're apparently they're not going to change that you can still do that but if they're going to have but they'll have traders that will swap those things now that means you don't have to go hunt those things now if you don't want to and a lot of that was you'd have to uh, to, to do it properly you'd have to go to a place like a third party website find planets that had like a chance of giving you the right materials and then go hunt down those materials for hours like arsenic I mean, not every planet out there has arsenic on it, and when they do, it's like 0.2% of the crust of the planet. So you could drive your SRV around for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and never, ever come across arsenic. And you blow up a million rocks, fill up your hold with hundreds of carbon and hundreds of iron, and never see an arsenic. So this is going to be so much better. But they'll probably increase the cost. It wouldn't surprise me if they said, you know, now it's going to take five units of each thing uh, to roll an upgrade since they're going to give you more storage space. Yeah, I can see them doing that. That would be also a way for them to limit the time that it takes you to grind to the maximum of the uh, top tier, which is, you know, they, they don't want people to hit that limit and just be stuck yeah. there because then they've got to find something else for us to do. So, right. you know, yeah. they've <laughs> got to, you know, they've got to <laughs> limit the speed at which we can reach that. So guys like Tony that play all the time will get there very quickly. Guys like me that are just out taking pictures of the Nebula are probably going to still have unengineered ships that can't compete with his godship, though. Well, and my godship is not. I, I let me put. It, I've seen worse. Uh, some of those PvP guys have like they had ridiculous stats on some of their stuff. Uh, mine, mine are mine are merely remarkable. Let's put it that way. Not ridiculous. They're not to the ridiculous level. Uh, but actually, you bring up a good point. If you've already got engineered items, they'll be grandfathered into the new system. So if you like your if you like your hyperdrive, you can keep your hyperdrive. But if you want to further upgrade it or do other things, it'll have to be converted to the new system. And it will put it at the top. What this says here is it'll put it at the top of a previous rank. So if you have a grade 4 FSD, let's say, it's going to max you out at a grade 3. And then you could go from there. And then all the things will, will change over to that. So they want to encourage conversion to the new system. If you've already got grade 5 drives and grade 5 guns, don't mess with it. Just keep it or toss them and start over again. Uh, if you have, if you're doing a bunch of uh, grade twos and threes, they want you to convert to the new system, and so they'll, they'll incentivize that conversion to make it adv advantageous for you to do so. Is what, they, is what they're thinking. Looks like they're going to add quality and quantity indicators for materials in the game world, so you'll be able to see at a glance on how much you have of a material without having to check your inventory all the time. And they're going to add uh, ignore function for materials and commodities, incidentally, allowing you to mine and collect more efficiently by preventing collector limpets from picking up 
ignored items and auto venting refineries. Yeah, that's 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 good. It's like I was saying earlier, if you pick you've already picked up a hundred iron and a hundred nickel and a hundred carbon, you know, I don't need any of those anymore. So don't let them show up on my radar and I don't I don't want to collect them. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's a waste of limpets. Uh, Big time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's it. or or if you just let set the limpets to collect automatically, it's a waste of limpet time because it takes seconds off the limpet's life to get out there and come back. So yeah, no, those these are all these are all good improvements, and I'm sure that they're going to add more or adjust these based on player feedback. This is this is I think a really excellent system for this. The devs are giving you a peek at their whiteboard, saying here's what we're thinking. Show us where we've maybe not thought it through or where we're maybe missing on stuff that we might improve more, maybe like Henry's suggestion of give me my shield number or give me my light year range uh, on the screen itself so I don't have to back out of there and go to the outfitter to see it. That's that's a good suggestion. So this is the sort of theory crafting that I really enjoy, um, and I'm glad that uh, Frontier is sort of making it an official theory crafting opportunity. And remember, all the things we discussed here are just whiteboard things. There's no guarantee or timeline that any one of these features is actually going to be implemented, but this is their plan. This is what they're thinking about the system uh, doing. Now that we're all caught up with the latest Space Sim news, let's get caught up on Space News with the headlines from Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on Anseep. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. An upsurge in settlement of the Colonia region of space has caused a shortage of construction materials in that faraway sector. In response to this development, the Colonia Council, Galactic Public Radio, obtained this statement from Colonia Council Public Affairs Officer Chip Chattington. Unfortunately, the urgency of the situation means we cannot rely on usual trade partners, and we are therefore turning to the galactic community for support. We've placed an open order for a range of construction materials and have set aside considerable premiums for pilots who deliver these goods to Pilkington Orbital in the Einherjar system. When asked if the Thargoid threat was responsible for the uptick in migration, Mr. Channington declined to comment. Aegis Research has announced plans to add more than 20 new laboratories to its network of Thargoid research facilities. Located in starports across the galaxy, these labs will be collecting any available material regarding Thargoid, history, biology, and psychology. In an interview with the Imperial Herald, Professor Alba Fezro, Aegis' chief scientific advisor, said, quote, If we could understand the Thargoids, really understand them, perhaps we could broker some kind of truce. I, for one, have not given up on the idea of peace, end quote. With this expansion, it is believed that Aegis Research will have a presence in most of the human-occupied systems in the Pleiades sector. And finally, the Rogue Runner successfully completed required upgrades for their shipyard systems and will soon be selling ships and modules from their Smithport base in Run. For Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. Attention on deck! 
As you were, pilots, I'm Commander Kinetic Impulsor from Guard Frequency Response, here with the essential tips to get you around the deep black and back home again. Today I'm briefing you on power management in Elite Dangerous. We noticed some of you rooks having issues with this, so we scheduled some training. Power management is a simple matter of deciding which modules on your ship are most critical to your mission in any given situation, and that can be the difference between your future as a newbie-flavored meat popsicle and a splatter of chunky salsa. This is a vital skill to master in order to maximize your usage of your power plant's output as well as prepare for the effects of power plant damage in combat. Over in your right-hand control panel, you'll notice a tab labeled Modules. This is an important tab. Our focus today will be on the fourth column of that tab, the one marked Priority. Setting the module's priorities from 1, High Priority, to 5, Low Priority, tells your ships which modules to starve of energy if your power plant can't keep up with the demands you place on its output. Priority 5 modules get cut off first, then 4, and so on with Priority 1 modules being the last to shut down. Critical warning, those power priority levels come as a package. If you don't have enough juice to run all of those Priority 4 modules, then all of those modules get shut down. You can tell when this is going to happen by looking at the bar at the bottom of the module tab. Can you see both the left and right hash marks for that priority number? Congratulations! you have enough power to run everything in that group. Now that you have the concept down, let's get to the execution. The Priority 1 group should be the critical modules that you need to keep your ship functional. Thrusters, power distributors, sensors, and arguably, shields, life support, and frame shift drive. I'll get to the arguments in a minute. The Priority 5 group should be the modules that only need to be active in narrow circumstances that you can approach at leisure. Planetary vehicle hangars, frame shift wake scanners, cargo scanners, those are all examples of auxiliary equipment that can be left unpowered until needed. Priority 4 should be your fuel scoop, docking computer, and your cargo hatch if you're not planning on carrying anything important. Priority 2 and 3 is where you have to make some decisions. When you switch on your Priority 5 items, you'll want to set them at Priority 2, so you'll likely shut down everything at Priority 3 and 4. Can you live with that? I mean literally, will you be able to keep your ship alive without those modules long enough to first accomplish your task with the auxiliary equipment, Second, drop that auxiliary module back to priority five. And third, wait for the higher priority modules to reboot. This is what I was talking about earlier when I said some of your critical modules might not necessarily be priority one worthy. You can live for a while without life support or shields, and depending on the power drain of the auxiliary module and the size of your power plant, you might have to. Priority two and three levels should be adjusted to account for your mission and survivability. Finally, put your power scheme to the test. Fly out of the starport past the no-fire zone and deploy your hardpoints and switch on your auxiliaries. Are you still flying as you planned? Or are you dead in space and sucking down backup oxygen? Evaluate and adjust accordingly. Effective power management will keep you burning and turning even when your adversary is trying to turn your lights out. Okay boys and girls, put away your crayons and change to your flight suits. Skids up in 10. See you in the deep black. Come on, mama's not gonna save you today, let's go! You wanna fly or not? Let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. What I want to know is this. What has that freighter been doing for the last 10 years? And why is it still registered to a defunct corporation? And why has no one noticed it until now? Well, let's go find out. Yeah. Sounds like, uh, sounds like easy money. Let's do this. Yeah. I'm in. All right. 40,000 credits apiece. She starts tapping away at her terminal. Tip, 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 tap, 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 tap. 
She uh, opens up uh, a variety of contracts. You see four separate windows pop up, turns a terminal around, and there's a spot for your thumbs. I, I put my thumb on it without hesitation. Yeah, I, as I do, I just want to double check if, uh, if I'm able to see Red Barnes's contract and if it does indeed say 35, purely for my own amusement. <laughs> no, okay. it's 40 across. It's All 40 right, across the board. So just I, a little bit of a wry smile and, yeah, thumbprint away. Thumb on it as well. Yeah, I'm in. Leaves a little right. uh, scotch mark on it. I wipe it off. <laughs> the pad's like wet afterwards. Yeah, to begin with, it's like cannot read. Cannot read. Oh, for Christ. There you go. <laughs> He's like rubbing it All down right. with his shirt and making it more wet. <laughs> she she reaches around and like hugs the monitor back and says, thank you. Thank you. That That's quite enough. Thank you. Thank you. Very well. Uh, Mr. Clev, uh, Mr. Klovinsky, Clev as most of us call him. I wouldn't recommend calling him that until he gives you permission. Um, he'll be across the hall, ready to load you out. We'll be departing Fabian City for Celis Primus in just a few minutes. There we'll rendezvous with your ships once we arrive in system. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any additional questions, I'll be here in my office, and Mr. Klavinsky will have you outfitted. So then she stands up to shake each of your hands, and you notice that she is like five foot nothing. She's like, her chair was like boosting her up, but she's little tiny person. But when she shakes your hand, it's like break it. It's it's ready to break bones. Before I shake your hand, I find a dry cloth. Wipe my hand off completely. <laughs> dry, dry spot on your pants. She 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 does not look disgusted when she shakes your hand. You, you, you cleared that. You, yeah. is, is you, she, don't have to, you don't have to roll a slide of hand check. What is her facial expression? Is she just pretty stony or is she, uh, does she have a smile? No, I'm businesslike. I mean, she's she. This is uh, as you got the hint. This is sort of new territory for her, and she's pleased that it's gone so well so far. You know, she, all right. She's she's just businesslike. This this is okay. kind of so far so good. All right. So you're you've been dismissed. All right. Well, I, I want to go find Clev and uh, okay. see yeah. if I can get myself some decent gear and shreds sure. if he has them. All right. I'm need so he shirt. is. Yes, you will. So, uh, straight out the hall, you go right out the door, and there is literally right in front of you another door across the corridor. And you walk up to it, you go inside, it opens for you, and inside there you see a armorer's dream. It is every James Bond movie. You know that bit in The Kingsman where they go in there and it's like mm-hmm. all the, the gold thing? I mean, it's got the, I mean, back behind the counter, there's just one of every kind of exotic weapon you can ever think of. It's just. It's just amazing. I mean, you walk in there, and anybody who's a gun nut will just sort of. Is, there like, is it like a right. counter, or is it like just a room? He's he's got he's got like it's it's the the racks behind him are secured behind a counter, right? He's he's apparently he's equipped people before, right? This is sort of the checkout zone. It's not a store, but you're not getting to the good stuff without going over the counter and through a two meter tall cyborg. All right. Well, I walk so, up to the counter and I go, uh, Mr. Klavinsky? Uh Yeah, she nah. said, uh, just give us one of everything, right? <laughs> Roll a bluff check for me. It's an 11. Not bad. Not bad. He looks at you and says, I remember you from when you come in. I did not like you so much, but you're a funny guy. I brought you I a like scotch. You Here you go. I put down the drink. 
that I had in my hand earlier. I, it's bad. It's bad for electron. It, it messes with connection. Not good for the. Uh, you, but you, you drink. You drink. You drink it. You're a funny guy. I like you. I like you. All right. Can I? No, can I you call cannot. you Clev? Is that cool? Who told you? She must like you too. She'll tell your nickname. She must like you. Yeah, okay. everybody likes You're me. Okay I'm a fun guy. guy. Like you. You're a fun like guy. You. I'm a fun guy. I, yes, and you know what is best is good joke. You cannot have one of everything. His best is good joke because these things. I, do you see this gun? Is right there here? Yeah, I, I saw buy that and gun. sell this gun. Buy and sells four of you, like <laughs> all four. Like I, 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 I take this gun. I kill all four of you, and gun is still worth more. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. That's gun. a nice gun. You cannot have this. That's a nice gun. But 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 I like you. So I, I orders from 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 Valus is standard package. I give you a little bonus, okay? Oh, yeah, like, hey. I give you a little bonus. But first, first the standard package. First standard package. All right, yeah, so buddy. he pulls out. So you don't get you don't get the fancy stuff behind the counter. But he goes under the counter in front. And he pulls out two vests that are kind of sort of like dull plate kind of vests. And he pulls out two that have kind of like a, almost a mirror or sparkly finish. And he pulls out two auto pistols, ballistic guns, and two laser pistols. Okay. And he says, he's standard package. I wait one minute. And he goes back underneath the other counter and he pulls out four flight suits. Uh, they're all bright orange rescue type jumpsuits that you'd find on any kind of, you know, high visibility type rescue operation thing. Uh, it says, standard package. We have rescue jumpsuits. We have vest. These are ballistic vests, good for fragmentations and bullets and other things that go boom. These are energy. Uh, vests, good for radiation, good for laser, good for uh, other heat and other things. These are uh, auto pistol, these are laser pistol. You know what? Everybody knows how to use safely? Of course. Sure do. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. Do you have anything a little heavier than a pistol? I give you, you just, you are you are a funny guy, but you are not patient. You be patient, okay? No, be patient. <laughs> patient right, has so not been be, one of my qualities. Yeah, so, but that, but that makes you, that, I mean, that makes you amusing because you try to come to me and I am being cyborg and you say, hurry up, cyborg, back, and I laugh at you because you are so small. Okay. Now, if you guys pick, pick your jumpsuit, pick your vest, and pick your gun, and then I give you a bonus. I guess I'm going to get, I'm going to go ballistic, I guess, and go for the, um, the ballistic armor and the ballistic pistol. All right. So. Is that kinetic? Uh, the ballistic or kinetic? Or, yeah, okay. So. Kinetic, so I guess. I want, sorry. Yeah. So if you guys have your character sheets in front of you, I want you to write down auto pistol. You guys are taking auto pistols. And you two that didn't speak up fast enough are going to get the laser pistols. Yep. So write that down. So what I want you to do then is we're going to fill in the rest of it, and I'll kind of explain kind of the mechanics of it as, as we kind of so go is that across primary the... primary weapon? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so basically, basically in Elite Dangerous, if you're wearing like a standard sort of jumpsuit, you can carry a weapon uh, and two clips of ammunition. So you said on laser pistol? Yeah. So Henry and... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, so Ale and Harper will have laser pistols, and Barnes and Kinshadow will have auto pistols. So um, for, if you have an auto pistol, yeah, good. Um, I was going to say, if nobody else has grabbed one yet, I want the uh, ballistic um, vest. All right. Rather than the energy. Let me have the ballistic vest. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I grabbed a ballistic vest as well. Okay. I'm happy so to take Henry. Left, so. Yep. So uh, you have a. For armor, on the armor side, I have you're going to have a, uh, the energy weapons are called Reflec Vests, R-E-F-L-E-C Vest, and the other ones are Bulletproof Vests, just Bulletproof Vests. So you've got your ranged weapon, you've got your uh, carried weapon. So underneath your ranged weapon, let's go to Auto Pistol, 
If you'll uh, look at the uh, computer screen, uh, you'll notice that I've locked it on the, uh, the table. Uh, auto pistol is a kinetic. Short range is six meters. And then the difficulty is five. So you want to write 6M5. Medium range is 50 meters with a difficulty of eight. So your long range or your max range then will be 100 meters and your difficulty is 14. So anything out past 100 meters, you're just not going to hit. Anything between 50 and 100 is going to be difficulty 14, which is going to be real tough to hit. Anything from uh, 6 meters to 50 meters is going to be kind of hard to hit, but doable. The damage is 1d10 plus burst, and I'll explain what burst is in a second. Ammo is 3, and notes, it is one-handed, and burst is 2d10. So let's talk about burst. A burst weapon will do more damage the higher your roll versus the target's defense. So if you, it's a meter beat deal. So if you meet it, you hit him, and you do 1d10 damage. If you beat him by one, you get to do your 1d10 damage plus another one. And if you beat him by two, you get your base damage plus your first bonus plus a second bonus. So you could do 3d10 total damage. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. On, 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 that one's the submachine gun. I'm giving away the surprise. So on, 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 on an auto pistol, you could do two. So if you meter beat by one, you get that one, but anything over that's just overkill. So you could do 2d10 damage on one hit if you beat the roll you need. So let's go to laser pistol. If you have a laser pistol, it's energy. Short range is 10 meters with a difficulty of four, so 10m4. Medium range is 80 meters with a difficulty of seven, 80m7. Long range is 120 meters, 120m with a difficulty of 11, so 120m11. Now your damage on a laser pistol is just eight. If you hit, you do eight points of damage. And you don't have to worry about ammo. Oh, we'll go back and talk about ammo in a second. And it, you're under your notes, it is also one-handed. So we'll go backwards here a little bit. One-handed weapons you can draw and fire in the same round. That's just, you know, Han Solo style. Pew, you know, pull it from the hip and shoot. Um, if it's not one-handed, anything that doesn't say one-handed, you have to draw it on one turn, you know, make it ready, rack the slide, whatever, aim it, and then on the next turn you can fire it. Unless you already have it sort of like, if you're sneaking around and it's already out, you can say it was already out as you're doing it. But if you're caught flat-footed, it takes one round to prepare it, and then you can start shooting it in the next round. Uh, so ammo is the number of rounds you can use the weapon before reloading. So basically an auto pistol has three bursts in it before the magazine is empty. So then you'll have to reload the weapon after three bursts. Now, Clev uh, is a nice guy. Clev is a nice guy. He gives everybody two spare clip. So everybody with an auto pistol can also write down two spare clips. So nine shots, basically? Uh, yes. Uh -huh. You'll have, you've got a full magazine in the weapon and two full reloads. Laser pistols don't have to worry about that. Uh, on your armor, that is damage reduction. So those of you with reflex vests, you have an energy absorption of three. So it'll absorb the first three points of energy damage that hits you. And on bulletproof vests, it'll absorb kinetic damage, and that will be five points of kinetic damage that it absorbs. And by discrete, we, it means that they're not showing on top, so we put these on underneath our flight suits. Yeah, I mean, we can. It, it's kind of, it kind of depends. Flight suits are kind of form-fitting, so the armor really wouldn't go underneath the flight suit. Okay. It'll go over top of it. But you could then put on a jacket or something. I mean, the flight suits Party are hand. like basically, yeah, like they're 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 form fitting. So you can put the vest on and a coat. I, I asked Clev, Clev, you got like a jacket I can throw over this? 
Uh, I'll see what I can find. Jacket's not here. Jacket's um, someplace else. I have lost and found. And lost and found on D deck. You don't need. You change out of the. Look, I don't know. You guys are going to go fly spaceship. What do you need jacket and flannel for? I don't know what's wrong with you people. No, you, if you want, I will tell you where Lost and Found is on D deck. If you really need something else, but for now, you just, you just we do this, okay? Now, you want your surprise or not? I want my surprise. Okay. Now, this surprise is for everyone, but you everyone get it because you are a funny guy. He points at Ken Shadow, and he goes back underneath the counter. Not the fancy stuff behind the thing, but he goes underneath the counter and he pulls out a submachine gun. This one hits a little harder, and I'm a little nervous giving it to rookies because you know it can is lots of bullets spray a lot of places, kill people indiscriminately, really. So if you guys think you can handle it, okay, but you know be careful. Person with best experience handling big weapons should take these. I, yes, you know I, I I've 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 seen these before, I think. So uh, yeah, I can. And I, I I pick it up and I expertly check it over. Check the roll, check to make sure it's clear uh, and everything like that. Right. So I, what I want you to do is I want you to roll a uh, kinetic weapons check for me. This would be the same kind of roll if you yeah. were going to be making an attack. Uh, I got a five. You only have a plus two? Yeah. Do you have more than that? All right. Yeah. Let me I've... see that over here. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So everyone's going to yeah. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Take. We're, we're going to pass it around. <laughs> everyone's going to admire oh, the submachine Christ. gun. <laughs> so so Ken Shadow clears it. He does his little thing. He did, he got it. Uh, oh. Oh. Justin takes this thing down and he like field strips it right there. He like pops the he pops the bolt out, the magazine comes out, the firing pin. He looks at everything, finds a speck of dust in the chamber. And then looks at Clev and then looks at Clev like a what are you giving us here, mister? What the hell are you trying to put on and Clev goes, Oh, that I my apology is very much that I very I I am I am embarrassed. I am embarrassed to be here in front of you. As this is uh, happening, Lennon. um, I I, I did a plus five just out of just sheer <laughs> idiocy. Lennon, it's, it's not a Lennon real role. goes to find Glennon goes to find the dust. Hang on, hang he on. Picks it up. Tony, sorry. Uh, uh, plus five. I can't have that. I purposely did that because, like Shiv said, forty's max. My actual bonus is plus three, so I am I am identical to Red Barnes. So as he's checking okay. it over and okay. finds the dust. I sort All of right. throw back a spring that's kind of a little bit worn and just say, and you might want to replace that as well. Uh, that is good, yes. So he, he, he actually goes into a little spare parts box, pulls out a brand new spring out of the plastic bubble, pops it out, hands it to Lennon. Good. Uh, so, Henry, do you want to do a roll? No way, man. I'm an energy weapons guy. Okay, so you, you roll that six. Okay, and you were like, neat. Yeah, neat. The, there's a, the, one, the side with the hole, and it's the dangerous side, right? <laughs> Have fun with that. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so uh, uh, Harper and Barnes kind of like, you know, kind of a mutual appreciation society there going on right now. Just like kind of, kind of eyeing each other up and down. And Clev goes, you know what the best way to determine this is? There's only one. I only give out the one. There's only favor for one. He says, come over here. And he uh, he lets you behind the counter. Okay. And you go down. If You you guys follow him? Yeah. yeah. So he goes down, uh, down the counter. So you parallel the counter. And then he opens a door. And on the other side of the door is, is a little shooting range. Okay. I thought this might go a totally uh, different way. No, no. <laughs> there can only be so, one, and he drowns you as you are. So he see he say, uh, he runs a target down the uh, course. It is just outside of short range. I handed to Harper. Said you go first. All right. All right. So Harper Harper takes it. 
So submachine gun is a kinetic weapon, 10 M5. The short, the medium range is a difficulty eight. So at 60 meters, fortunately, it's a it's a big ship, but it's not that big. So the target is basically effectively the 60 meter. It's you know shrunk. You know the the the, the, the human body silhouette is very much uh, is a 60 meter equivalent. So you gotta have to roll. Uh, so the difficulty check is going to be eight. Now the other thing you do with weapons is the target's defense. So you have to roll the range modifier plus the defense of the target. Well, it, it's just a paper target, so it's got a defense of zero. But if it was a person, it would have a defense rating, a dodge rating that we'd add to it. So you have to do your rep weapon skill plus your roll. So go ahead and roll attack. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, all right. Be so a you pull total. off a burst and yep. just kind of uh, just you hit the paper. So you yep. know, you're not you're not a total klutz, you know, so, but uh, but uh, just and you uh Spray three bullets uh, across the top of the paper. Clev looks at you and says, "Hey, you know, out of practice, maybe a little rusty." I'm used to mining lasers, but ah, uh, right, just different weapon. Mm -hmm. sure. Okay, hey, hey you, hey you, uh, plaid, get over here. Your turn. <laughs> uh, aim down the sights. Oh, gee. <laughs> you don't even hit the paper. The gun jams. The gun, the gun jams, and Clev is like, "I have made a huge mistake." Even talking, to, yeah, this is. Can I, I am embarrassed. Clive, for can it. I try? Clive, we're just we're just can messing with you. Look, watch this, and I just take it off him and just do another burst. Uh, so yeah, okay. But can go, I, I was gonna say, do, can I spend a karma spend, point to spend do it? The, spend the karma point. Yeah. Spend the karma point. There we go. Ooh. And with that, you shred the middle of the target. Perfect cluster in a triangle, right in the middle. Yep. Um, Clive was yeah. like, oh, much, he's much better. And he, and he looks over you. You know, I like you so much. You give try to. You give it a try to. Yeah. So, uh, hand it off to Ken Shadow and Lola. No, no, Red Barnes <laughs> dire straits. <laughs> Are you Ken sure Shadow you put takes it, it? Are you sure you put that spring in back right? Ken, Ken Shadow, love, this guy had target and perfect grouping and right in the middle, shred the middle of target. He did just fine. I, I had a little magazine dropout. What the hell? <laughs> just, this, that is not triggered at this magazine release. You are, no. Should have just thrown <laughs> the gun. <laughs> I hope we don't have to shoot anybody what? out there. Hey, it's been hey, a while since hey. I've shot again. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? This is the time to roll the natural ones, guys, right? Okay, well, it's just, you know, this oh, yeah. is the time to roll the natural ones. I've yeah. wasted so, my natural 10, so. Yes, yeah, so yeah. Lennon, Lennon just burned his, nat his natural 10 on, on this little thing, so. Clev hands uh, you a fresh magazine, and the submachine gun is now in the possession of Mr. Uh, Harper. He says, you know, that's good. You know, it's very, very nice. It's, you know, I like him. I like your shooting. Clev, so I've, I've noticed get... your um, your voice synthesizer box is kind of accidentally being set to French now. Do you, do you want me to adjust that back to Russian? or? Uh, I come from a colony that has many different groups all sure. around it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's Canadian, eh? <laughs> There's a bunch of Canadians. I can do, I can I can do that accent for fun. I used to throw my mom off way up. It was all about it was all about giving her like a headache, you know. Cause well, I think all we're right. all just friendly. I am very popular at dinner parties. This is true. Many people invite me. I don't eat much because of all the stuff, but I make a good salad. Okay, out. All of you out. All of you out. All of you out. I wasted enough time with you, your rookies. Out. So he gives you the submachine gun. Mm -hmm. He gives you two additional clips as well. Yep. So you've got two spare clips, and you can put your laser in the secondary weapon slot and the submachine in your primary. It's a two-handed weapon, so yeah. you can't do Han Solo shooting style with it, but you've got something a little more oomph to it. So uh, you are now all, uh, uh, presumably you find uh, the restroom, the, the men's room, and take turns changing into your uh, flight suits. 
like I said, orange, very rescue type jumpsuits. I assume we have a holster for our pistols and things like that. Right? Yeah, the, the the flight suit comes with with uh, an appropriate holster for your for your sidearm and uh, pockets for your clips, like little belt pockets for your clips. You walk out of the uh, of, of the sort of the restroom area that's around the corner, and now you're basically just stood in the hallway, hanging out. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! Some say he failed to hide from an assassin by petitioning for donations for the Salvation Army, and that he's a dead ringer for Santa. But all he knows is he's called the Shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback before his untimely demise. And a recap of last week's community question was, give us your Star Citizen 3.0 highlights. In general feedback... Ken from Chicago writes in and says, not only was at Kinetic Impulsor right about hashtag mini jump points, the good folks at hashtag CIG already have them. Quantum Drive is the mini jump point for hashtag Star Citizen. This is the regular jump point drive. Hashtag Tony was right all along. Winky smiley face. Winky smiley face. Highest, highest rating of approval from Ken from Chicago. LNO Rebel writes, so feedback for both at Guard Freak and at Heroes Rise D&D. Thanks for the great show. Keeping my sanity at work twice a week now. Winky face. Winky face. And LNL Rebel, if you're if you're a Star Trek fan, you know, make it a triple a triple dose. Uh, get uh, Priority One podcast. You can hear all about Star Trek. I routinely show up there as well. You know, so somebody's not watching Priority One. You should be watching Priority One and listening to it. It's great. Oh, yeah. Live it's on fantastic. Facebook and uh, yeah. You know, I, it's funny about Priority One. I've never been asked to guest host, and I I can't wait for my first time guest host. Well, it, there's a rigorous selection process. First of all, uh, Elijah has to berate you for four weeks to actually like join. I, I know Priority that's why that's why I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Elijah to come. The problem is you 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 wouldn't play hard to get Jeff. That's the no, thing. No, I would though. For, Elijah only wants you if you play hard to get. Yes, but I, I would play hard to get for Elijah. Okay, okay, all right. Well, you just have you have, you have to wait for him to approach you, and then you have to play hard to get. That's the that is the key. That's how you do that. I'm just gonna say right now, I'm totally not interested in ever guest hosting on Priority One. See, Henry, See? Henry's got it. That's Henry's how you do got it. it. Don't want to do yeah, it. Henry's so Elijah, if you're gonna ask me, all right, ask me. But I'm I'm do probably you know, not interested. Anyway, go I'm ahead. A, yes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Henry's got it. Henry's got it. All right. And Peter Watherspoon says, I really enjoyed the first part of your ED RPG story. Looking forward to hearing what happens on the Aurora. Angelius shot first and also said, I love the new show format, guys. You guys seem more relaxed with it since you're not trying to scramble for content or force it. It's really fun. Listen, and I'm finding myself looking forward to it more than before. All right. I, I like the GPR bit. I, I really do. I think that's yeah. I'm having yeah, fun I think with that's that. That's a good. Uh, it, it's it's fun bringing it into the universe more. I mean, this is what we it's what we'd hope to do from the beginning anyway. And it's universal. We can do it for all of the. We space, can do it for yeah. All the space sims. C. Tarad says, "Very nice beginning of the plot. Are you going to continue to play and record it? This would be a perfect show, especially if an episode scenario could be played by the pirates or by artisanal bureaucrats." I like that idea. Yeah, well, Sean's already made an appearance. I mean, Sean's already there. And, uh, you know, uh, we we recorded it kind of in chunks because uh, it's hard to get us all together, especially with Lennon being in a, in a weird time zone. So we, we've got about one more episode uh, from our first session, and we're going to record another session. 
and you may hear an additional special guest, Winky Face, uh, on on the next uh, the next chunk of stuff. So yeah, we we're bringing all those all those characters that we've created over the last four years. Uh, we're going to bring them into into this plot. So you know, keep keep your ears peeled. Uh, Sean Newboy says, "Love the show, guys. Can't wait to see how the story plays out." Well, stay tuned for more action. Lucky writes in and says, "Thanks for the show, guys. Glad you're back. Although I'm more into SC than ED, the RPG was awesome. Instantly started missing my good old days for, with weekly play sessions. Will the Squawk Box be back? Please. Anyway, we're lucky to have you out there on the guard frequency. Thanks again. I'll keep listening." We the, the the here's the thing. Squawk Box uh, is harder to edit uh, because we it was a, a big, and it was also hard to produce because it was it's a big chunk of text that you got to research and write out, and then the discussion after that, uh, it was like the worst of both worlds. You had a big chunk of text, and then you had a discussion after that. And you notice how we shortened up the news section. Well, Flight Deck used to be three big chunks of text and then big discussions after that. So we've cut out about three quarters of that process to help uh, take the load off of our uh, audio editing. So we may come back and do that occasionally if there's some huge scientific thing. We might put it in Flight Deck in in place of a a slow news week, um, maybe if the space sims aren't doing anything fun. So, but I, I it won't it won't be a regular thing I think anymore just because it takes so much time to to post produce, you know. And, and if if and I'm serious when I say if, if you if you guys spot a cool science story or maybe if I spot a cool you know space story, um, what well, we can put that in there in flight deck. I'm not married, you know. It doesn't have to be always space sim news, but it will primarily be space sim news that we use as a topic of discussion. But uh, you know, we we could do it. We could throw that in there from time to time. Cool. Rex Gray writes. Great show, guys. Really enjoyed the story and Galnet coverage. And I'm looking forward to listening in over the weeks to come. Icefire writes in and says, Sorry for removing my pledge, guys, but I cannot support the new Patreon fee structure hitting small pledges per pledge so much. Please think about grouping together several per-post pledges into a, for example, monthly payment to compensate. Uh, yeah, Icefire, we're definitely going to look into this. We were... Uh, we were given like a day's warning. We got a great email from Patreon. Hey, everybody, these are going to be some awesome new changes that are going to help you as creators. And we looked at this as uh, at, at Priority One and at uh, Guard Frequency. We went, oh, crap. This is this is this is bull. That's what we looked at this and we said that. So we are going to try to figure out a way to make it predictable and lessen the impact of that 35 cent. Uh, charge that they're going to lay on uh, contributors. It's just, it's just, it. Uh, I over at Priority One, I used to really, uh, I, I was, I would ban the phrase. Two phrases that always made me mad: cash grab and slap in the face. I would always, I would, I would not let Elijah or anybody else on the show use either of those two phrases because I thought that was just a simplistic, you know, a reductive way to analyze a business decision. This Patreon thing is a cash grab slap in the face. I mean, it's like you did both of them put together. I mean, it's like there's there's no other way to describe it. So uh, we're I'm I'm upset about it. They're upset about it over at Priority One. We're gonna figure out a way to try to work around it. Uh, and if maybe we don't even stay with Patreon, maybe we figure out another service, a PayPal thing or something. I don't know. But we're working on it, and and we we agree with you, Ice Fire. Totally agree with you. So it's okay. And speaking of Patreons, we have a new one. Rex Gray. Thanks, Rex. Our random winner this week is Eric DeVoe. And this week's community question, what do you think about the proposed changes to engineers in Elite Dangerous? 
And otherwise, how was the show? A scientific breakthrough promising peace and harmony for all species, or maybe we should open up another dozen laboratories? Anyway, you think, drop us an email, a tweet, a comment on our show post, which you can find on our website and over on our Facebook page. And that brings us to the end of episode 193 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 194 on December 19th. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanders, and of course, our audio engineers, Mikey and Lennon. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkies.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Pilkington Orbital in the Einenhar system. What the heck name is that? Einherriar. <laughs> and Seath, and Seath, and Seath. And Keithithy. Jeff, want to take the next one, or is this just me and you? Jeff can do it. I can do what? What were you doing? Were you just not even paying attention? No. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you'll He's be waiting able to on cra- reading the news, man. You'll be able to craft uh, pin blueprints. Uh, to- no, I just did that oh. one. I just did that one. You really were asleep on the wheel, let, weren't you? Let Chair take this one, Jeff. No, yeah, your Chair was paying yeah, attention. Chair, yeah. Let Chair handle it. Um, if you already have engineered items, you'll be able to keep them. But if you want to upgrade further, they'll have them in the... They'll, they'll transfer them. I'm going to start that over again because my phone's beeping at me again for some reason. Uh, oh, and it's Mikey wishing me a happy birthday. Thanks, Mikey. You interrupted the show. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Tony. I saw that in uh, chat. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Didn't know. That's not Mikey. That's Winters over from P1. It's the other Mike. The other, it's, it's the Irish Mike. Thanks, Winters. Thanks for interrupting the show. Okay. I won't blame Mikey. I can't wait to hear uh, Jeff's in-universe No Man's Sky reporting on scene. Oh, exactly. God. Once oh, on location. No. You had to say yeah. that. You said any space sim, buddy. You but it's anyone. not a yep. space yep. sim. Get that That's close your- enough. It, it, really is close enough. it is not This argument it's, is it's so close. guard frequency 2.0. We just need to leave <laughs> yeah, it alone. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs>